Hi, I'm Guy Powell, and welcome to the next episode of The Backstory on the Shroud of Turin. If you haven't already done so, please visit GuyPowell.com and sign up for more episodes. Today, we'll be talking with Myra Adams, the founder of a new major initiative, the founding of the National Shroud of Turin exhibit. This alone will be a reason to visit Washington, D.C., and promises to be a bucket list item for Christians and historians alike. I am the author of the upcoming book, The Only Witness, A History of the Shroud of Turin. It is a historical fiction tracing a possible yet plausible history of the shroud over the last two millennia. Let's get started. Let me introduce Myra. Myra Khan Adams is honored and humbled to lead a team of national and international Shroud of Turin experts to produce a, a permanent shroud exhibit in Washington, D.C. She is the executive director of signfromgod.org, a ministry that began in November 2017 to promote education about the Shroud of Turin. Then in May 2018, Myra tirelessly spearheaded the effort to convince the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. to host a high-tech exhibit about the Shroud that culminated in the opening on February 26, 2022. The Museum of the Bible publicly acknowledged that the exhibit about the Shroud was their most visited and garnered the most media attention compared to all previously held exhibits since the museum opened in November 2017. Building on that momentum, Myra and her team are excited about the prospects of hosting and producing the National Shroud of Turin exhibit with the location and opening date known only to God. Myra, thank you for being here and welcome. Thank you for having me, Guy. Uh, let's get started. But before we talk about your new mission, uh, tell us about what you're doing with your new books. Thank you for that question. Also, some people call my new mission my new crusade. So uh, I'll take that also because it is it is a crusade. It's going to take a lot of work to make this uh, National Strategic Turin exhibit happen. But in the meantime, uh, another side of my life, uh, I write a weekly Sunday Bible study on townhall.com. And I've been doing it since February of 2020. And I had readers that tell me that they wanted to see my Bible studies become a book. So I did that. And the first book came out in September of 2021. And it is... Um, this is what the cover looks like. It's called Bible study. And oh, yes, here we are. Everyone has one Bible study for those that don't read the Bible. And it is a book that is um, a compilation of the Sunday studies, but it's it's not intimidating. Some people find the Bible very intimidating. And because most people in our culture don't even read the Bible, <laughs> afraid to open it. Um, my book, the title of my book, like I like to say, says it all. So if you don't know anything about the Bible, you've never picked it up in your life, this is the book for you because you can just dive in anywhere. It's not written in any order of topic. It is, it is you know, one through, the first book is one through 56 of my studies. Uh, the second book, which came out December 4th, which I'll now call part two, even though I didn't know the first one was going to be part one, but the first one I'm calling part one. But part two is um, takes off where part one left off. The part one had volume number one through 56. 
of the studies and the second book has volume number 57 through 113. And this Sunday, my town hall Bible study will be number 144. So it is continuing, it is progressing and uh, it's a compilation. So I write it for my town hall readers, which don't come, they don't come to townhall.com for a Bible study. They come because it's a secular political website, news site, it's owned by Salem Media, one of the largest Christian media companies in the country. And they come for news but they happen to stumble upon my Bible study and uh, I've been able to develop an audience. And uh, because I have the, the good folks at town hall have uh, continued to uh, allow me to post my Bible study every Sunday. So, um, you know, I'm going to be getting my, uh, I guess the 20 to I'm actually beginning my, my third year. I can't believe it. Um, that that's kind of shocking to me. Um, but yes, it is going on. And uh, thank you for allowing me to, to, um, to flack my book. It's available on Amazon. If you Google Bible study for those that don't read the Bible, uh, part one and part two will, will come up and uh, usually get some, you know, favorably reviewed. People yeah. tell me they, they really like it because it, it's kind of written in a fun kind of way. It's not your typical Bible study. <laughs> I have to emphasize that more and more. It's, it's really kind of a conversational um, style. Sometimes I can be funny. Sometimes I can make fun of myself. I can make fun of my family. I can make fun of, you know, whoever I can make fun of and still get away with it. But it, it's sort of, it's just sort of a fun read. It's just not your typical dry Bible study. And I, every week I have a different topic and it can be either a specific topic about like, for instance, what the Bible says about wine or, or what the Bible says about water or what the Bible says about dogs. That was not a popular <laughs> um, People thought I was dissing dogs, but I, I, the Bible disses dogs, but I was, <laughs> you were just relaying the message. I was just telling <laughs> what, what the Bible says about dogs. Um, or sometimes I'll have a specific verse. Uh, so that I, that I will go over, uh, or I'll talk about a specific person, you know, like, you know, what about David and Bathsheba and that whole, you know, right. right. Um, so it, it's just really, it's what hits me. It's whatever I feel like the Lord puts on my heart to write about. And I, I do even mention that quite often that the Lord put this on my heart to write about this particular topic. Yeah. So anyway, I've been very blessed and I'm able to continue it and I just do it to his glory. And that's, uh, so that's, that's that. Well, that's fantastic. And congratulations. I, uh, I, uh, I have to get the second version. I read through your first one and I really appreciated it. It was, uh, I think you're right. It is, uh, there's a lightheartedness to it, uh, but certainly conversational and, and each of the points in each of your studies has a, has a good point and a good message to it. So, uh, uh, thank you for doing that and congratulations now on, on your next one. And then, uh, it looks like this will be this, one and two of a series of maybe 20 or 30 in the way you're going. <laughs> it, you know, it's not up to me. It, it, as long as the Lord, you know, lets me do this and town hall agrees to let me do it, then, then I'll keep doing it. Uh, also, and you know, and, and you point about this is a, a shroud podcast. Uh, I always write about the shroud whenever I can. Um, I slip it in whenever I can, obviously, you know, Easter, I can write about it more. Um, but I, I oftentimes do write about it. And when the, when the Museum of the Bible opened up the Shroud exhibit, I had a, a piece I'd written about on Town Hall about the opening. Uh, so it, I call it really my bonus piece. It wasn't a Bible study, but I slipped that one in. Uh, and in my 100th Bible study, I wrote about the Shroud. So in the first one and the second one, there are, there are definitely you know, Shroud-related topics. And many of our friends, who some of them have been on your podcast, you know, have been quoted like Wes Brio or, uh, or Barry or Barry Schwartz or uh, Cheryl White, um, 
uh, you know, there's sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. in my Bible studies, uh, actually not in the, in the Shroud related ones. Uh, sometimes Russ Bio is actually quoted in my Bible study. He's a real Bible scholar. So I, well, he really, yeah, yeah, he, he definitely is. And he has a, an incredibly powerful message. I'm so glad you're able to, uh, you know, to leverage that in your, in your Bible study. Yes. In fact, Russ will call me up and he'll say, Myra, I have your next <laughs> Bible study topic. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, there was just one, you know, probably, I think, it was in September. That was a result of Russ calling me saying that. But yeah, he, he will do that often because he really knows the Bible. And mm. um, I'm sure he's been he's been on your podcast, I imagine, you know, at least once. Yeah, no, he's been on a couple of times and he is uh, he's phenomenal. He's absolutely phenomenal. And he's part so, of our Shroud team, you know. Our, yeah, yeah. Which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, you, you, you previewed that, but uh, maybe that's a good time to are we done yeah, let's transition. Do you have any more questions about my book? No, that's perfect. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm glad to uh, help you to promote that. I, as I mentioned, I really enjoyed the first version and uh, part one, and I will definitely uh, get part two and then look forward to part three as well. And then maybe a couple more. But uh, so uh, congratulations. But let's talk about then your new news and that is your new mission. And uh, tell us a little bit about that. I think it's called the National Shroud of Turin Exhibit and National Shroud. Dot, and that's what I was going to say National Shroud Exhibit.org. And I'm National, getting it wrong. Yeah. It's here. Should I have, hold up my little signs? Can I, Absolutely. Can I wear it now? Can I wear yeah. it now the rest of the time? <laughs> Pacing to my forehead. Yep. National Shroud of Turin Exhibit.org. Um, I guess it's kind of tacky to wear it like a bow tie, but uh, <laughs> anyway, it's, it's kind of easy to remember, really. Yeah. Um, and what, what this is, is right now it's a, it's a website that launched last week. Um, so we'll say it's a mission, it's a dream, it, it's, it's a journey that uh, myself and our group of like, the 12 apostles, <laughs> we'll call them, I'm one of them. And um, they are some of the leading shroud experts in the world, and some of the names that have been on your have been on your podcast. Some of them we just mentioned: mm -hmm. um, Russ Brio and Cheryl White, Barry Schwartz is is and Joe Marino guy. and and uh, Marino, yep, Teddy Pappas, Teddy um, Pappas, yep. So we have we have quite a group, including several from uh, the west coast of the country that are involved with the uh, the Southern California Shroud Center. Uh, Dave Belts and uh, Dr. Gus Sassetta and Nora Creech. And so we have both, we have actually, our country is very well represented because we have the three of them out in California, but then we have Barry in Colorado and, and uh, Cheryl in Louisiana. In Louisiana, yep. And uh, let's see, Joe is in uh, Ohio and Russ is in Georgia and, and Teddy's in, I think, Tennessee. And I'm in She's Georgia. in Nashville. Yep, Lisa's exactly. In Maryland, so Lisa <laughs> Rowan's in Maryland. So we, we really cover, we really cover the country uh, and that's what it should be. But the, this all came about because uh, I know this sounds really crazy. I hate saying stuff like this, but I'm going to be brutally honest here. I had a dream. <laughs> I love that. No, I'm not Martin Luther King. I had, but I did have a dream. Uh, I had a dream that, that we were supposed to do something like this. Um, and as I write on the, on the website, um, you think about the, the confluence of the power of the Shroud of Turin, which I believe is the authentic burial shroud of Jesus. I think the, I think the preponderance of evidence is overwhelming to make you come to that conclusion. So you have the shroud, but then you have Washington, D.C., 
which is really, I believe, the most powerful city in the world. And so you have those two together. And I mean, what could go wrong? <laughs> well, <laughs> let's see. Hopefully we'll be able to launch this thing. Uh, we do want to, we want to build this out, make it something that is a permanent shroud exhibit. And one of the aspects of it, which I'm really excited about, is the, the idea of immersive technology that maybe many of your viewers are familiar with. It's become very popular with the, the Van Gogh art exhibit. It's traveled all over the country. It's an immersive exhibit where you almost become part of the whole, all the paintings. Um, and it's something that literally it's the latest, hottest thing in, in, techno, in exhibit experience technology. So we hope to do something like that with the shroud because the shroud lends itself. The shroud is so visual, as you know. Um, I, Pope, Pope John Paul II said it was a mirror of the gospel. Uh, I believe it's the fifth gospel. But it, it, is, it is a picture of the suffering and the passion of Jesus Christ. The shroud tells a story. So to tell that story, as you become like a part of that story, you actually, the shroud really comes alive. I mean, I have this, this vision where you're actually in the shroud and you're kind of looking up and you, it's like you see the, the marks that were made by the, by the Roman uh, flagrum. I mean, you see the, the, crowd of, the crown of thorns, actually it's the cap of thorns that, you know, that went into the cloth. I mean, I have this, all these different visions of, of how we can make this, this immersive exhibit you know, with the use of technology, you can you know, really do almost anything. And we can just tell the story in a way that's never been told before. And I think that's very exciting. I think it's, it's going to be very successful. I mean, first, obviously, we had to launch it in DC, but then it conceivably just like the, just like the Van Gogh exhibit, uh, you know, it's traveled all around mm -hmm. the country. Um, so and we well, know that there's never been more interest in the shroud than now. Now you can even ask Barry Schwartz this because he has that little ticker on his website, you know, shroud.com. Yep. Yep. I mean, he will tell you there has never been more interest in the shroud than right now. It just keeps growing in interest. Yeah. And I think you're right. And I think, uh, too, to your point about doing it in, in Washington, DC, uh, to your point about it being the most powerful city in the world. And then, uh, as well as having the most Christian relic uh, and talking about that and really uh, providing people a permanent source of being able to go see it. That's really, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I'm really glad you're taking up this mission. Well, all we need is a couple million dollars. And uh, I'm optimistic, of course, we're going to find it because none of us want to make money off this, but some investor is going to make money off this. So anybody watching this that wants to invest in this, <laughs> Uh, because we know that immersive technology is a hit and, and certainly, I mean, I don't want to, you know, knock Vincent Van Gogh, but I really do believe the Shroudatorium has a lot more to offer than Vincent Van Gogh and his paintings, which are, you know, obviously spectacular paintings and very famous, but the Shroud is the Shroud. Yep. <laughs> so Jesus, Vincent Van Gogh, I mean, <laughs> and I think it's way to this one. So I, I just think the demand um, I think the demand will be there. I, I have no yeah. doubt. Yeah, and, and yeah. Keep in mind, we also had the Museum of the Bible had this shroud exhibit that I was obviously involved in. I was not involved in actually the content, but I was involved in the decision and in, in trying to convince them to do the exhibit. And it opened in February 
uh, February 26th, 2022, as you said, and it closed as scheduled uh, July 31st, 2022. But it was their most popular exhibit, that the temporary exhibit that they've ever had. Um, I believe it was about 80,000 people came through. Uh, they did very little advertising. I don't think they did any advertising. So the fact that they even got 80,000 was great. A lot of it was word of mouth. Uh, but it just showed that uh, there is such interest in the shroud, I and mean, we know there's great interest in the shroud. That, mm. that is that is indisputable. Yeah, but there's definitely a, a very uh, a, a latent interest in the shroud, and whether you're uh, Catholic or Protestant or Baptist or Methodist, whatever, uh, it it stretches across all denominations, and that interest is is very large, and especially now as uh, as the the interest right now is growing significantly, but also as kind of the the ongoing proof of proof of its authenticity is uh, it really helps to to grow that that interest. Yes, yes. As as Barry Schwartz will tell you, when when the STIRP study was done and they did their um, you know their final conclusion that came out in uh, 1981, and they famously concluded that the shroud was not the product of an artist, and as at that time. Uh, it burst onto the media scene and there were magazine articles and all sorts of stuff that was done about the shroud and it became very, very popular. Uh, and then the 1988 carbon dating came about. It said it was a you know medieval fraud. And so as Barry will say, everything just like stopped, just came to a, yep. just a screeching halt. So the shroud, which as we know, I'm not gonna go into the 1980 carbon dating, but we know has been disproven you know, so many times. But the point is, is that so many people who, who've never heard of the Shroud, if you, they, they don't even know what it is. But you say, you know, Shroud of Turin. And the first thing they'll say is, oh, that's fake, isn't it? It's like the damage, I'm sure you've experienced that. Absolutely. The Absolutely. The damage that the 1988 carbon dating did to the Shroud is still like dug, digging out of its hole <laughs> because of that happened. And it's like been branded a fake. And so yep. the whole idea is the, is the onus on people like us to try to convince the world with this overwhelming evidence that no, it's not a fake. It can't be anything but real, you know. Yeah, there is uh, there is so much evidence, and when I you know I, every time I read the story of the three uh, scientists up on the stage and they've gotten the blackboard twelve sixty to thirteen ninety, and then the one guy goes and they flogged it. Well, you know, that statement is really a statement about those three. They flogged it. They flogged the dating of the uh, shroud. And, and you're right, it, it, it definitely hurt the, uh, the whole interest in the shroud and the understanding of the shroud and what it actually means for, for uh, Christians and even for the whole world. Oh, yes. I mean, for the whole world. You know, I often think that you have this preponderance of evidence. And if just say, for example, it wasn't Jesus in this shroud. And, you know, who else could have produced this amazing miracle? But just say, for instance, it, it wasn't Jesus. Then it would be, everyone would know and admit that based on that evidence, it was that person it, because mm. it was, the evidence was so overwhelming. But because it's Jesus, people don't want it to be Jesus because that means that it's in your face. He's real. He was resurrected. This is his suffering. He's alive. The Holy Spirit lives. He he's with us. He's here now with us. Hello, Jesus. He's he's with us. That is difficult for people who don't believe. That's a really hard proposition to to be able to accept. 
So it, I always think there's going to be pushback uh, on on the yeah. authenticity of the shop yeah. for, for that reason. Yeah, definitely uh, affects uh, for those people that uh, that don't believe in Jesus or or atheists or are uh, you know totally against Jesus for whatever reason. It it really if if that is authentic, then all of a sudden their whole life's being is changed. Because all of a sudden, how do you how do you be an atheist over here, and yet this piece of evidence is so overwhelming and so true that uh, you know that it it shakes it shakes them to their core. Well, it, it reminds me of when you know, Paul on the road to Damascus. I mean, he you know he was totally you know persecuting <laughs> anyone that believed in Jesus, um, and you know he was gung ho. He was you know going to stand up for the faith, and and Jesus was you know nothing but a rabble rouser, and causing all sorts of problems. And he was going to kill anyone that, that believed in him. And then he gets struck down on the road to Damascus, and boy, he changed pretty quickly, didn't he? <laughs> um, so you know it's possible for people to change, and there are, there are many instances where the shroud has brought people to faith. Um, in fact, one of them, uh, maybe you can have him on your show one time, Kristen, Kristen um, Casab, um, oh God, I hate to say his name, Tristan Casabianca. He's yep. the person that that uh, finally got hold of that raw the raw data for the 1988 carbon dating and proved that uh, I'm sorry, you guys did not come to the same conclusion. Yep. He came to faith because of the shroud, and there's been many other cases where that where that has happened. So we know it's very powerful. And for those of us who, who believe in Jesus, we don't need, and this is really important, we don't need the shroud to believe in Jesus. I believed in Jesus before I'd ever heard of the shroud. It, it doesn't impact my faith yep. at all. Exactly. And, and people often say, I mean, when I write about the shroud, particularly on, you know, the website townhall.com, when I'm writing one of my Bible studies and I happen to write about the shroud, um, many of the comments, you know, sort of angry comments, oh, it, A, it's fake, and B, I don't need the shroud to believe in Jesus. I don't need the shroud for my faith. And it's like, yeah, okay, we know that. You don't need it. But what about someone who doesn't have any faith? You know, I believe it's the, the doubting Thomas. The shroud acts as that doubting Thomas, where doubting Thomas said to Jesus, I, you know, show me the wounds in your hand before I believe you were really, you know, resurrected. Well, the shroud can have that same kind of impact on people who don't have any faith, don't want anything to do with Jesus, but they learn about the shroud and they can't help but question like, wow, I mean, this, how could this be anything else when you realize the, the overwhelming evidence and the mysteries mm -hmm. that science today cannot solve and cannot explain why that image appears on the cloth and the other mysteries that, you know, complement that yeah, yeah. Well, it, and as uh, Pope John Paul said, the it really is a mirror of the Gospels. And when you read the Passion and you read the Last Supper and you read the Garden of Gethsemane and that whole beginning of the Passion, Passion all the way through the end and the death and then the resurrection of Jesus, uh, that shroud it has so many proofs of everything that's in the Bible in that in that part of the Bible. It's it's really incredible. And, uh, and, and you're right, as a, as a Christian, you really don't need it. I, I don't need it. I think, you know, your, your thing about doubting Thomas and, uh, you know, blessed be those who, who, uh, who don't see and yet believe uh, is, is critical. 
in terms of how Jesus even portrays himself as being resurrected, and then Thomas putting his hands into the into the wounds, and and yet you know the rest of us we're never going to have that same experience, and yet we believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you know the shroud is so visually impacting. And that's why an immersive exhibit that will literally go inside the shroud, uh, it's going to blow people's minds away. There's there's no doubt about it. One of the things I I really would love to show, um, and, you know, we'll be able to do anything, really. Technology allows us to do almost anything. One of the things I just think is so fascinating is when you look at the man of the shroud, you see he only has four fingers. And And I love this story because I've actually heard people say, it's fake because the man in the shroud only has four fingers. <laughs> well, in fact, it's the total opposite because the fact that he has four fingers is a medical scientific fact, is a, is a physiological fact that when you, when the nail went in his wrist, it severs a tendon that makes your, makes your thumb snap underneath the, underneath your, um, in the palm of your hand. So it, it snaps the thumb. So it only appears that he has four fingers because the thumb is hiding. So, the, he, so you have, but on the other hand, if it was a forgery, a middle ages forgery, why would a forger make the man of the shroud with only you know, four fingers on each hand? I mean, that goes contrary to, to common sense. Well, so, so I, many. I love that little thing, a little nugget of, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there are, and there are so many nuggets just like that as why would a, why would a Middle Ages forger make, you know, paint it that way instead of differently? Why would he have done any of those things in the four fingers and, and, you know, and all kinds of things? How, and how would that, that Middle Ages forger even know about the blood flows and everything else that's on there? Um, but uh, let me ask you a different question. So when you finally get this uh, immersive exhibit done, what do you want your visitors to come away with? What do you want them to feel? And what do you want them to uh, come away with? Oh, boy. Um, of course, it's the shroud is uh, impacts people individually. Um, some people are going to be, you know, overwhelmed. Um, some people that don't have faith, I would think they would start questioning, you know, who Jesus was and why they don't believe in him. Uh, it's going to be a very personal, it's going to be a very personal takeaway. Everyone's going to react to it very, very differently. Uh, you know, one of the things that the um, Museum of the Bible had that I really liked at the end of their exhibit, they had a room where you you could write, you know, what you thought about the exhibit and any comments you had. And, you know, what people were saying, again, the, it's a, it was an individual response, but they were saying, you know, all sorts of things about how the, the exhibit impacted them so much. Um, so it, it impacts people, that we know. So people are going to take away from it what I believe the Lord wants them to take away from it. It's either going to confirm their faith that this is, that maybe they have faith, but don't know anything about the shroud. Maybe they're going to say, wow, I didn't know about this, but how could it be anything else? Or they're going to say, well, I learned something new. I'm going to really start thinking about it. Maybe this will change my mind about who Jesus is. Uh, All we know is it's going to impact people. We just don't know how it's going to impact people because there's there's no one size fits all way that it can impact people. But we know it will. And we know there is 
extreme interest in it. And, mm. you know, I want, want to focus also on, you know, the mysteries. And I think that the Museum of the Bible, even though it was called Mystery and Faith, I don't think they focused enough on the whole list of, of mysteries that science cannot explain. And one of them, of course, is the most visual, which is the what we call the photo negative or, or the positive image that was hiding in the mm. shroud for 500 years. If you go with the dating that the, you know, the, the, the people in the British Museum said, but 500 years later, photography was, <laughs> was utilized on the shroud. And for the first time, and that's when the photographer, Secundo Pia, realized that this is, he believed it was Jesus. It was developed as a, as a photo negative, but really it looks like a positive, which scientists now believe that the shroud itself is a negative. Mm. So that, that image that people see most often when they see the shroud, they see that positive image. And they think that's what the shroud looks like. No, that's not what the shroud looks like. The shroud looks like it's that rust colored, very faint image, but that's what people only knew until 1898, that that's what it looked like until photography came around. And, and now that, that image, that holy face, especially, and they've taken that face of that positive image. And, and that's the face that has sort of become the yeah, yeah. The icon of the shroud called the holy face. And that just, you know, is stunning. <laughs> just it, it's it. Uh, it it is. It is. And uh um and I know when I was at Museum of the Bible when it uh, when it opened when that exhibit opened and and being able to sit in front of that replica that they had on the wall and it was this 14 foot by 3 or 4 feet high uh, image, uh, a somber kind of a serene feeling came over me. And even though there were people and talking and people wandering around around the rest of the of the exhibit, you know, me, I mean, that was my experience. I just, I just came away with this wonderful feeling that, that it somehow imparted on me. Well, the shroud to people, I mean, the, the shroud is, is the greatest mystery. It's the most studied artifact. It has power within it. I think it's still, I believe this very firmly. I think there are still amazing properties that the shroud has that we don't have the technology yet to even know it's in the shroud. When you think about what happened with the photography that came about in 1898, it was discovered for the first time, that positive image. And then in the 70s, um, they discovered that it had 3D distance information. And so though, that's a mystery that happened. I mean, basically there, there are gonna be things that are gonna be discovered. I have no doubt about technology is a friend to the shroud. I think technology is the yeah. shroud's best friend. And I think, uh, I, I, I agree with that. And what, what's interesting, uh, two different things is one of them is who had ever heard of a, of, of a negative image before photography and yet the, uh, an artist in the Middle Ages would have never thought of that. Who would have ever heard to encode 3D information into an image, and yet a Middle Aged artist would have never even thought about that. Uh, 
And, uh, you know, so right there, just those two statements, and there's hundreds more like that, just disprove this whole middle age artist forgery thing that, that these, uh, you know, unfortunately, these scientists uh, kind of flogged it when they came up with their their dating of the 1260 to 1390. There are so many different pieces. Uh, I am so excited about uh, be, being able to come to your exhibit and being able to see all the stuff that you do. And, and uh, it, I think it's going to be phenomenal. So, Well, thank you. And hopefully we'll get it launched. And hopefully, you know, we have to find the funding for it. Uh, we literally just launched the website last week. So we have a long, long journey. Uh, we have to find a space. We have to develop the the exhibit, uh, I think developing the exhibit is going to be the easiest part. The, the main thing is like just finding investors who want to invest mm. in this and, um, you know, find the space to do it. But I know the Lord wants this to happen. I have no doubt about it because all of us believe that we are glorifying the Lord um, through his shroud. And as long as we have that attitude, then uh, I think it's all going to come about. Yeah. So what is the uh, the website again? National Shroud of Turin Exhibit dot org. National Shroud of Turin Exhibit.org. Fantastic. You can donate, and all the money goes to uh, it's a 501c3. Um, it, it's a project of signfromgod.org, which was our first um, 501c3, but it is this is a project of that. So any donation goes to the Sign from God bank account, and it's all tax deductible. And all I can say is that uh, we would appreciate anything that uh, anyone wants to give. And if any, if you know anyone that uh, wants to take on a, a very, what could be a very exciting, um, you know, long-term business venture uh, to partner with us to uh, make this shroud exhibit uh, immersive and travel around the country and be more popular than the Van Gogh exhibit. Uh, because as I said, Jesus, Van Gogh, I think Jesus wins. <laughs> I think Jesus wins that contest in terms of Absolutely. interest. So we'll, uh, oh, also, you know, I don't have the mug in front of me. You have the mug. I do. And I was going to say, before we close, uh, tell Jesus. us about the uh, the sign from God and what uh, what the signfromgod.org is all about. The, the famous sign from God mug. Uh, well, sign from God is the, uh, it's the, the, the mothership, you could say. It was launched to um, promote education about the Shroud. And our, our first major project was to convince the Museum of the Bible to do a exhibit about the Shroud. And, um, you know, it, that did happen. <laughs> so that was amazing. So uh, and it was really from that exhibit that uh, we all decided, well, we need to make this happen on a permanent basis. Uh, we want to do an exhibit that, that the way that our group wants to do the exhibit and um, immersive technology is certainly something that is going to make it amazing not just immersive we're going to have other things there too you know we'll have rel you know replicas of the cap of thorns and, and the roman flagrum and the nails all those things too but uh, so sign from god is is the website it's really just an educational website that we have sponsored events uh, particularly we sponsored all the museum of the bible events that they did relating to the shroud uh, and now, uh, Sign from God is, is going to be um, sponsoring the National Shroud of Turin exhibit.org. And uh, we are, the, the exhibit doesn't exist yet. <laughs> Somebody asked me the other night, so when can I go see your exhibit? Um, as you read earlier, when the Lord opens it for us. Um, you know, it's just an idea at this point. We just launched the website. We have a long, long road, but we have an amazing group of people. We have the Shroud. Uh, or at least interest in the shroud. And we know that uh, we have 
places that want it. And we know the country wants it. And I think the world wants it. And we want to start first in, uh, in Washington, D.C. So give us some time. But uh, our group is, you can go on the website. And if you click uh, the exhibit team, uh, you can read all the bios of our 12 people. And you can see how they are all, you know, shroud experts and uh, friends of Guy. And uh, as I said, Barry Schwartz is on there who founded uh, shroud.com. And we have people that just know everything about the shroud that you could possibly know. And uh, we're just thrilled that we do have the group that we have uh, because we know that we're going we're gonna to end up with an exhibit that is just going to be the, you know, the be all and end all of shroud exhibits. And if we get it in Washington, D.C., the influence that mm. we have because D.C. is the kind of city where not just people that live there, but you have people that come through it all, the t all over the world that travel through D.C. all the time. And so the influence that your shroud can have in DC is yeah. really quite tremendous. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, and I am also excited about it, it potentially being a traveling exhibit and uh, being able to see that on the road and definitely want to have it in, in Atlanta. I know there's a lot of friends of mine that would love to be part of that and be able to see, you know, more hands-on and kind of an immersive style that, that you're talking about. Well, Myra, uh, thank you uh, so much for uh, being part of this. I'm so glad I'm able to support you and the National Shroud of Turin Exhibit.org and what you're doing there. And, uh, and I definitely look forward to it coming to fruition. And I want to be there at the opening so I can see exactly what's going on. I, I'm uh, very excited for what you're doing. And uh, thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, if you just so that mug, if you give a donation for $35, you actually, you get um, the, the famous shroud mug, sign from God mug. And uh, I always joke that uh, it's a coffee mug, but Jesus will not turn your coffee into wine. But <laughs> nothing is impossible with God. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And uh, Absolutely. And please stay tuned for many other videos in this series of the backstory on the Shroud of Turin. Please visit GuyPowell.com and sign up for more episodes and go to Amazon and uh, get a copy of now the part one and the new part two that just came out from her uh, from Myra's uh, Bible studies. And then, of course, uh, sign up and donate to the Shroud, National Shroud of Turin exhibit.org and uh, help bring this to fruition. Thank, thank you, Myra. You Merry Christmas to you. Oh, thank you. You too. Merry Christmas. Thank you.